What is up, everyone? Welcome to L2R2 PlayStation Podcast. My name's Fonzie, joined by my co-host, Callum Monroe from Crouch Upon. Callum, the uh, ambassador for Lord of the Rings, the official nerd for Lord of the Rings. How are you doing? Again, I like that uh, that title. <laughs> That's, been, so, yeah. been, uh, just one week since we talked, not uh, not three months since last time. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I've been good. Um, yeah, like I said to you before, I've got uh, I fixed my PC and got new internet. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, feeling very very technologically uh, advanced. <laughs> nice. You know what? I uh, just this last week I was able to secure a 3080. So I'm going to be selling my 3070 uh, to actually try and pay for this 3080 that's coming. But um, I'm moving on up, trying to, for whatever reason, you know, I, I don't play a lot of PC games, but I just am also obsessed with trying to get the best stuff. But I'm pretty stoked for that to arrive. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, uh, I mean, it, it's just pretty impressive that you're able to, to find one. Um, but, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's going to be uh, pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, it was through, I don't know if Newegg, the website is big in the UK, but it was through them. They have this shuffle thing and I just jump in every, they have it every weekday where you can, uh, it's like a lottery so you can get the chance to buy something, buy a whatever uh, graphics card or whatever. So I finally got in there and, and bought it and yeah, I'm pretty stoked. How much uh, was was it like a a kind of premium price because of the, the stock or was it at its uh, you know retail price? Well, um, you know, let's not talk about how much it was. It's definitely more expensive than it should be, and it sucks. And the only is that because, way can... is that because your wife's in the room? <laughs> <laughs> She'll eventually find out. But um, but yeah, it's yeah. uh it's yeah it is very expensive. But um, yeah. I'm able to sell the one that I have on eBay, uh, like a piece of garbage. But it's the only way to pay for the thing. But I'm also not like raising the price to something crazy. It's just like whatever the current thing is. But yeah, with Newegg, they're, they're, they're still, uh, it's more expensive, but still cheaper than going on eBay. So there is that. And they do um, a lot of stuff where they throw in. It's not just the card, like you have to buy a motherboard or a SSD. So it raises up the price more, but then I guess you could sell that stuff. But mine came with an SSD, which I'll use. Maybe I'll try and use it on the PS5. I think it's a faster one. Um, so yeah, it ends up being more expensive than it is, but it's also like one of the only ways to get these things at a somewhat normal price. Yeah, I think I think it was the same with the the PlayStation, uh, wasn't it? Whereas some places would only sell them in bundles. But I mean, yeah. yeah, you're paying more, but you're at least getting everything, you know, for the correct price. Because uh, yeah, a lot of these places will, will sell you just the graphics card for even like not on eBay. Actual proper, you know, companies will sell you just the graphics card for you know, the price of a graphics card and an SSD uh, anyway. Right. So yeah, they're probably the best, the best ones to look out for, I'd imagine. Yeah. Now, Callum, before we get into some of the stuff we've been playing and whatnot, um, Megan and I, my wife, were talking about some stuff we had read online about high school reunions. And I guess the UK doesn't have them. So I have, uh, I want to have uh, at least every week ask you some kind of uh, random question about the UK so you can fill me in. Does the UK have high school reunions? What about high school graduations? So the, the 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 best thing to do here is to basically let you know how high school the, the word high school is different over here, uh, and in fact it's different um, even in different parts of the UK to be honest. But in general, so high school to you guys is what's known to us as college. So um, so I don't know whether is is high school optional for you guys uh no for some but it's like you have to at least get to like a graduation point of high school but the grade right. equivalent would be like 12th grade and then college is a thing that people go to or don't 
yeah yeah so as as far as i'm aware um high school to us is like what we call sixth form or college so it's basically like a couple of years additional um education um and then after that we would go to university which is what you guys call college gotcha yeah that makes sense so um but yeah so we don't i mean we technically we graduate from college or high school or whatever but we don't throw like a a party uh you know uh, like you guys do but we do for university um so when you know when you graduate at like uh what is it like 21 22 or however many years your your course goes on for um so yeah i think we're a lot more um reserved in general school wise you know in terms of celebrating um and 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 you guys not throw the hats like we do that thing where you throw the hats in the air and it's a big deal yeah, I think I think they do again with university. Um, after okay. like you, uh, you get sort of like a university degree, but I wasn't smart enough to go to university, unfortunately. So uh, I can't. I don't know for sure, but yeah, I, I know that you know with the hats and the you know the black you know cloaky yeah. things and everything like that. Yeah, that that definitely happens uh, when you when you um, when you graduate from university. But that's the only time. Uh, it, you know, once we finish college, we're just like signing yearbooks and signing shirts and you know i think the stupid stuff like that um but yeah i i know that um i i think that where it maybe does that the two do cross over is perhaps for really young kids i think we see sometimes like kids uh having little like ceremonies when they like pass like year one which would be uh like uh what would that be for you maybe kindergarten or sure. or, first, or or something um but i think that's uh kind of frowned upon in by the general uk public just because we find everything like cringy and and, <laughs> yeah. and weird so you guys are no uh, fun man we just celebrate yeah. everything yeah yeah for so no yeah reason. we we yeah we 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 only celebrate um after after university and even then it's very yeah very proper and <laughs> very like families and uh yeah very uh you know pretty 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 laid back from what i've seen anyway um but yeah i think i think similar in ways but perhaps um a bit more uh a bit less over here which is probably could be said for for quite a few other things that makes sense that you're celebrating something worthwhile because with high school it's like it's kind of the bare minimum thing um but so it totally makes sense that you're actually celebrating you getting uh actually you know, on your way to get a job and actually a career and stuff so that makes sense but what about uh reunions high school or i guess the college reunions is that maybe more common yeah oh yeah so yeah sorry reunion so i don't know to be honest i can't say that i would expect it to happen for where i went to school uh just mm. because um and I, I mean, I imagine if it's my experience, it'd be the same for, for, you know, at least some people. But I think when you leave school, you kind of, are, you know, the, the, the friends you have, like the, and I don't mean like, you know, you might be popular at school and you might be, you know, on friendly terms with everybody. But I think How was that? You, you end up only being friends with, you know, a, a few a few people um and then the rest of them you're just kind of excited to not see again so yep. again i think it's a very british thing where you're just kind of like uh not bothered about other people as much sometimes um so yeah i mean i could be completely wrong and you know in a few years time um i might get a weird invite to some reunion which i would definitely not go to <laughs> yeah. um 
but yeah i i think that is definitely an american thing i mean when you especially when you see that in like films and tvs you never see uk school reunions uh, or anything like that um so yeah i don't know I, I i think it might just be the the kind of i guess in america you guys are a lot more you know in a, in a, in a good way very like happy-go-lucky very you know uh, yeah, schools school in, fits with like a, I guess American culture in the way that you can go out and do anything you want um, and things like that. Whereas school in the UK is very, <clears throat> for a lot of people, very grim and very um, you know the worst thing uh, ever. Really, <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's like very... that here too. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean from like a a point of um, it's very glum and strict and. Uh, you know the cafeteria. If you saw the cafeterias in the UK uh, compared to the because I, I did I, I should say I, I did do a, a year of school uh, in the states as well. So I, I guess I kind of have a little bit of a um, a comparison. And, and from that experience, and I, I know it wouldn't be the same for everyone, but it's definitely a lot um, yeah a lot happier um, in terms of like the the yeah you can achieve this and you can do that in the UK. It's very much like you have to be on, exactly on time. You have to tuck out, tuck your shirt and have your top button done up. And, you know, it's just very proper and, uh, yeah. in, in, in that regard. And I think because of that, people just don't like the idea of thinking about school ever again. Um, whereas I, I think, and, and, and I'm sure that there's, there's places like that in the States as well. Probably could have stopped then anyway. I was just uh, going on. So, well, like you touch on a lot of the same feelings, we have here but it's just for some reason we're we're not forced but for some reason for some reason we still have this uh idea of meeting up again for for reunions but it's like just like you're talking about it's like i don't want to see these people again i don't want to talk to them and i might bump into them too but it's like i don't want to gather every 10 years to go see them but it is a thing here for some reason yeah i mean it might just be you know exactly that it might just be that it was a thing so now it continues to be a thing and um but yeah for, for me you see it a lot in like um pop culture which is i i'd say like predominantly you know american as well like in films and series there's a lot of like high school reunions and things like yeah. that um and yeah it's not something i've ever seen in the uk so um but i could be could be completely wrong you know what, what do i know i've only been to uh, a set amount of schools so <laughs> yeah, you just went to elementary school right and then back in the yeah. workforce yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Did did a year and and uh, then lived on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you! You got fast internet now. You're doing well. Um, yeah, exactly. When you yeah. when you lived when you did work or at work when you went to school here in the states, was it a weird culture shock? Was it you know anything to get used to, or were you with other UK kids when you came over too? No, so it was just I, I think I was the only English person or Brit, uh, British person in the in the school i mean i'm sure that there could have been more but I, I i never met them and i was certainly treated like a uh a, like a uh in a, in a good way but definitely someone who who doesn't belong there like i know it sounds really like negative but it definitely wasn't um but uh yeah it was very different um very different in the way that you in, in what you learn about you know history is very much based around america and um yeah. it's very you know just simple things like i remember having to go out at the beginning of every day and do the whole i pledge allegiance and all all of that kind of thing and um yeah it's, it's very different um but um there's in terms of like the actual academic 
the, the way classes are taught, I can't really remember too much. But yeah, like I said earlier, the main thing I can remember is the the cafeteria being far superior, you know, there being like, a, and then this could just be me getting lucky, but, uh, you know, there were things like burritos and pizzas and, you know, corn dogs, which we don't even have over here. And uh, you guys don't have corn dogs? Come on. Right? Uh, so I think that's that. Uh, just that alone is probably why we don't have school reunions because we don't have those happy corn dog memories. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> like corn dog solves everything. Well, Cal, yeah. yeah, I was very interested to, to see that on. I think it was like a Reddit thread or something. It's like they don't yeah. have them. I was like, oh, weird. They're not forced to do that like we are. But, yeah, it's uh, not. It's, it's definitely not something I've. Uh, I thought it could also be because we don't. Because we don't technically have like a. I mean, we do have high school, but it normally goes from because correct me if I'm wrong, but is it like up to 18 high school for you guys? Yeah, that's roughly the age 17, 18 when you graduate and then yeah. college would be the next thing. But that's an optional. Uh, yeah. You know, so um, I mean, the pe people leave school in the UK at 16. So it might be that, you know, we're a bit younger when we stop seeing everybody. So it's kind of easier sure. to just, you know, let go. But I guess when you're 18, you're a bit more of an adult um you know th these these memories stick with you a bit longer i can certainly remember much more of when i was 18 than when i was 16 i know it's only two years between but you know there's a lot of kind of maturing and growing up you do in those two years so it could be that that you spend a lot more time as an adult with these people um whereas in the uk you do leave school when you're a child um and then people split off and go to college and yeah. uh you know things like that or they don't go to college and go straight into work so it, it might be you know to do with that on a more on a more serious level unrelated to corn dogs yeah well i was uh also reading like that tradition here is kind of dying as well where i mean i'm not going to go if i get an email or a letter in the mail about it but uh people are less likely to go and they're less likely to have them just with social media where you can still keep up if you want with people so because that exists people are just less likely to do it um and now you have your high school friends you get to see them every day on social media and their their omicron takes and their political takes so it's it's great to just always hear whatever they have to say nonstop. yeah yeah i guess that's that's a good point actually i didn't even think about that i think to, to think of like a world pre-social media um then that's probably where it stems more from people being I, I guess like nosy about what everyone's up to yeah um whereas now we know we well we can know exactly what everybody's up to um unless they're they're smart and don't have social media but um but yeah and, and it's interesting as well because for me personally you know, being like uh you know 27 this year it was you know I, I social media started to become a thing whilst i was still at school um so towards the end of it so it even was used during that as well so that means that a lot of my friends list are probably still people who i went to school with mm -hmm. just because they have never gone through and like purged it which i probably should um yeah so uh so yeah that that's an interesting point as well Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting uh, um, way of doing it over there. And I, I would prefer us going that route where we just don't communicate anymore with people from high school and yeah. whatnot. But um, yeah. as far as uh, what you've been spending your time over there, um, I had you know, a thing in the docket saying what we're playing watching. I just saw something about the Expanse ending. And I know that's your, that's your jam. That's your show. Did you watch that? Have you been keeping up to date? I didn't. I ha I've seen the first uh, three, I believe, uh, but I've been mm -hmm. waiting to watch the rest with, uh, with with my flatmate who's just uh, been away uh, near you, actually, in in uh, Oregon and in Seattle. Um, oh, really? So, uh, so I was. I've been waiting for him to get back before we finish that. So, um, yeah. So, I'm I'm trying to avoid any possible spoilers or anything like that. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I know it's a big show, and apparently the series is ending, right? Like, this is it. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it's even more like a, a kind of... And it's also like I've got these, you know, three episodes left to watch, so I'm, I don't mind delaying it because... As soon as I've watched them, then then that's it, and that will be sad. And also, it's always the end of a series where it's more likely that they're gonna fuck it up and you know yep. do something rubbish. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, besides not watching Expanse, have you been watching anything? Playing anything? Um, what, what have I been watching? Uh, so I, I I said to you earlier, I watched the the new Resident Evil film today. Um, I've been watching actually a lot of um, World War Two in color. The, the documentaries on okay. on Netflix, uh, which has been um, really, really enjoyable. Um, but yeah, other than that, I haven't really been, been watching much, but I have been playing, um, well, I finished uh, Mass Effect, the first one, uh, the Legendary Ooh. Edition. I uh, haven't started the second one yet, but, um, but yeah, finished that and excited to, to see how the second one, second one is on this uh, kind of remastered collection. Yeah, I was telling you, so I started the first mass effect from the legendary condition or uh edition and um i need to spend some more time with it because uh, at the at the beginning i'm just not it's hard for me to care about what's going on for some reason and they're talking about stuff and the mass effect relays and these aliens and i just kind of doze off and i know if i keep going i would establish that you know that connection and care about this world so it's it's too early to make any judgment but it's just i wish it grabbed me a bit more but i know it grabs everyone so it's like i gotta keep going with it but I know you love that series, but you completed the first one. And how does it hold up? How does it hold up rather with this legendary edition making the changes to that first game? Yeah, it's um, I mean, as you know, I played the first well, I played all three of them for the first time not long ago at all um, and really didn't enjoy my time of the first one. Originally, I like sped through it didn't, to the point where like I lost a, a, a main character who was then not in the second or third game for me. And um, yeah, I. I just really didn't didn't enjoy it, but the the legendary edition is you know a massive massive um, improvement. Um, it still has its moments. It still has you know the the kind of boring side missions and um, everything like that. But the writing's always been you know top draw. Um, you know, like you say, you, you say it hasn't grabbed you. I think that's like completely um, you know a normal thing to happen. It can happen with anything. Um, but yeah, like you said, it, it does really grab most people just because the writing is so good, and and maybe it's even worth just taking some time to like read through the the um, the, the codex or or anything like that. It's one game that I really do find myself just enjoying talking to everybody. Um, I'll actually read the codex entries because they're all so well written, and um, it's uh, it's yeah, it, it, it's just incredible from that that point of view. So to get a, a kind of remaster that tightens up where it did lack in big ways, like the combat, like the UI, and um, and and some other things like that, it's it's really nice to be able to play it in in that way. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, so some some things are small as well, but they make a huge difference. I mean, things like just just adding like hit markers uh, just to like make the combat feel a bit punchier and a bit less floaty, and um, yeah, changing the the UI and uh, and everything. It just it just does make the game a lot more uh, yeah a lot nicer, and it looks great as well. I mean, the visual upgrades it's had they're a little bit wonky in some of the like close ups and some of the animations, but. I think that's to be expected. Um, and if you're a fan of Bioware games like Dragon Age, I think it, it, it almost is its own art style that you kind of come to expect 
um from you know like dragon age uh origins from like the similar time and, and things like that um but yeah I, I just absolutely adored it um it's i'm just really glad that i was able to play it and enjoy it so i could take my time a bit more and explore a bit more and um and and also having a the understanding you have after playing two and three really enhances a lot of the the story moments as well because it is a really nicely told story across the three games um very you know again we were talking about lord of the rings before there's very similar to lord of the rings where each game has it has like a whole overarching story which is really really interesting and you learn more and more about it as it goes on but each game is also completely you know self-encapsulated and and has its own art arcs and things that that um, begin and complete in a really really satisfying way so uh yeah just you know a, a incredible incredible uh series and yeah I, I i do honestly like really hope that um it does grab you because if it does you'll you'll have a you know an amazing time with it now if i wanted to be a piece of crap and skip to the second one i know that because i've tried that in the past it lets you autofill or like create what happened to your character in the first one and carries that those choices over would you recommend that or is there stuff in that first game that I need to experience and not jump over to that second one? Yeah, I think, I think for sure. I think because it is a very unique game and that your choices carry on, there is a huge, huge amount of, um, personal, you know, attachment you get not to the not just to the characters, but to the entire story. Um, and there are some huge, huge choices you make in the first game that impact the second and third and, and really also chisel and build your character and 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 how they act and 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 how you perceive your own character as well and all your other characters too um so absolutely i think it's worth getting through if it doesn't grab you i think it it, it may be worth um i don't know you know like you were saying earlier about um looking up like law for, for things maybe trying to just find like a, a kind of mass fit law just like up to the first game and uh try and you know get excited for that and yeah it, it's it can be rough even the the remake i think the ai in particular is very very rough um very difficult to get on with but it's not a very long game um if you if you you know don't worry too much about the side stuff and you just rush through the main quest it you can you can be done with it in like under 10 hours i'd say um so it's not very long and 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 also even when you rush through it you will eventually end up getting really engrossed in the story because there are some just excellent bits in it um see so yeah, i wouldn't recommend skipping it personally just because the, the although the second Mass Effect game is you know in and of itself probably one of the best action RPGs I've ever played, it's a huge huge part of like how engrossed I got into it was because of how personally attached I already was to to the game and the story and the universe and all the choices I'd made in the first game. Gotcha. Well, I'll, I'll give another shot this week. I think I spent maybe you know the, an hour and a half uh, jumping into that first one. Uh, I gotta give it a shot, and hopefully next week I'll be able to put in another 10 or 20 minutes or whatever into that first one yeah but yeah we'll see but uh, yeah i've been playing that um you know with all the talk of god of war coming out because it just came out on pc this week i did play i didn't play it on pc because i already own it on ps5 and decided to just uh, boot it back up again did the new game uh game plus version of it and now there's that 60 frame per second mode in there and um i'm just uh just remembered how much i love this game it's just so beautiful the the combat's so fun and addicting you know, the performances are, are nuts. The environment is so crazy beautiful. I'm just in love with this game again. 
but uh, more so because I didn't want to have to buy it again on PC for a game that just runs really well on PS5. You know, with, really, I just wanted the 60 frame per second mode. Yeah, you'd get higher uh, textures and stuff. That's cool, but I'm fine replaying it. But uh, do you have any interest getting in this on PC or just playing it again on PS5? Yeah, it's definitely um, a game I want to probably replay. Um, I never got all the trophies on it, so that's a good reason to to go back, at, as well as is... Um, playing it again for in time for the second game um although i think it it did do a very good job of uh i i most games i play you know like horizon zero dawn where i just forget everything that happened in it uh for some reason i can remember god of war really really well um so i don't think i necessarily have too much of a need to play it again but i would definitely like to especially with the ps5 upgrades and um and same for you know like days gone which um similarly because of the ps5 upgrades i'd love to to go through that um again so yeah i think perhaps i'll i'll definitely uh give it give it another another shot at some point depending on how the the backlog uh behaves and and whether or not and also i'm sure we'll talk about it later but whether this new PlayStation subscription service starts and just absolutely ruins my backlog even more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also wanted to, cause yeah, there's the conversation online with the PC uh, version, but my buddy Gavin, who I do the Plast Cards podcast with, he's playing it on PC for the first time. And I'm really excited to, for him to get to experience a lot of these PlayStation games because he's just hasn't, you know, hasn't been able to participate whether it's uncharted 4 or last of us and last of us 2 he's missing on all these crazy good games so finally he can dip into horizon which he tried i don't think he finished but god of war has been um really on his radar so he can finally play it so i just want to get his take in real time as i'm playing it too but um yeah i'm just excited people can play this now um i did pull up some of the news on uh, just the sales on steam alone so this is from benji sales on twitter god of war on steam peaked even higher today for concurrent players it's the first playstation studios game to reach seventy thousand uh concurrent players so god of war has seventy three thousand concurrent players at the moment um horizon peaked at fifty six thousand, and days gone with twenty seven thousand concurrent players um so it's it's been doing really well and um this is it's just great and like i see a lot of conversation online of people even pushing further saying like, why not have these games released day one on PC? I really don't think it eats into PS5 or PS4 sales at all because they're just like different, they're different platforms, different players. I think that a lot of people who are playing on PC are going to play there exclusively and, and uh, same with console players where they're just going to stick with their console and it's not going to eat into those sales. And um, I'm fine with them releasing day and date, but um, what do you think of them pursuing that? Yeah, I, th I think it probably boils down to uh, it, it probably means that people are likely to buy it twice by doing it this way. Um, mm. It's uh, similar to like the Final Fantasy ports that have recently come out, that the new 2D remakes from Final Fantasy 1 to 6 that people have been screaming about for you know years and years to come to to, to be to be done and come to console and and they they were only released on phone and you know th those games are obviously going to come to console at some point but what this probably means is that people are gonna get sick and tired of waiting for it to come to console buy it on their phone and then when it does come to console then they'll buy it there so it's probably just a purely financial reason to 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 just really benefit off of those people who will you know like like if i for example wanted to you know get it again on pc and try and 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 you you know getting a 3080 you might you might be like oh go on and let's I've been thinking see about it yeah so i i imagined if they released it same time on both then 
you know you wouldn't buy it twice you'd buy it on one or the other so um it's probably just a way to double up on on sales i suppose yeah i think you're totally right that that makes more sense that uh, cuz they have the capability it is more more work more dev time you know trying to make it also work on pc but now they're seem to be streamlined with how the ps4 and ps5 work with just having it you know being able to create a pc version so i think it does come down to you can make more money doing it this way and and you give for those players that do want some kind of exclusivity with PlayStation, you know, releases. I don't agree with that, but there's people that definitely get uh, angry online. You satisfy those people and then you make the PCs, uh, PC players, you know, really thirsty and then they're ready for it when it finally comes out. And then those players that want to buy it again on PC. There you go. But um, yeah. yeah, so I mean, that, that makes sense when you, when you think about it that way. It's just Xbox is going the other route where you can buy it on PC or get it on Game Pass. And they're still top of the list with like... Uh, Halo Infinite was still up there on Steam and same with Forza 5. So that was with the Game Pass option. They're still buying it on PC. Um, so it seems like different ways to tackle it, but you're still making tons of money, I imagine. Xbox is still making money with, even though Game Pass is out there. Yeah, and and also, I mean, I, I just using like Gavin as an example, I don't know whether this would be true or not, but if he played through the new God of War on PC now and you know loved it that much that he couldn't wait to play the sequel, then he would have to buy a PS5. So it's, right. uh, you know, it's a way of enticing people into the series as well, because it's no, it's no, you know, God of War has been out for a while on PlayStation. It, it, there's no denying that the reason it's come out now on PC is because we are so close to the sequel. Right. Yep. Uh, I'm glad people are playing it. And uh, yeah, it's just going to create more hype for Ragnarok, like you're saying, and playing this, I can't wait for Ragnarok. I'm super duper excited and yeah, just having a blast playing this game, this game again. It's been honestly a while. Like I was looking through my saves in 2018 was when I last stopped playing it. And I carried over. There's a game plus mode where you can carry over your um, your XP, the the currency stuff that you've earned, even your actual like weapon upgrades, uh, armor upgrades. You can carry that over and just keep playing. Although you can't continue to unlock like newer abilities. So that kind of even though you transferred your stuff over, it's like if you maxed out your character, which I did, it's like you can't really improve it that way but that way but i guess you can keep collecting stuff which i'm trying to look for all those damn like uh the crows that are just like hidden everywhere trying to go uh, collect all those and all the different trinkets and stuff that i forgot but yeah what a great game and can't wait to jump back into it uh but yeah cam we'll continue on some uh other news here some little tidbits we got cory barlog says sony's own studios push to get playstation games on pc as we're talking about games coming to pc this is from game informer God of War 2018 director Corey Barlog spoke to Game Informer this week saying, I think it was a collective of studios all over saying this is a really good idea. We should be looking into this. Eventually, I think it reached the tipping point when we had sent so many suggestion box suggestions that they were like, I'm tired of hearing all this. Fine, we'll do this. Barlog also said they had no idea if the arrival of God of War on PC might mean its upcoming sequel, Ragnarok would jump from PlayStation to PC any faster. But uh, this was kind of going online. How do you feel about... um, the reason, at least publicly, why PlayStation decided to take PC uh, PC releases more seriously was the studios collectively asking them to pursue this. Yeah, so I, yeah, I mean, I I think it's again for for similar reasons we we just said. I think it, it you can see why people um, you know want want to branch their titles out to to, to more audiences or to to more people. Um, yeah, I think it's also just nice to to have your game experienced by more and more people you know that the the people actually at the studios don't don't as much as people probably think they do i imagine they don't get involved in the the weird rivalry between 
different platforms and, and everything like that. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm sure people just want their game to be experienced by as many people as, as, as they can. I agree. Yeah, that's good. That they Maybe if that was the actual reason they were listening to the studio saying like, hey, we want to have it done and they're like, they'll look into it. Um, but um, that's a positive. If PlayStation does have that really good connection with their studios to listen to them and actually take their feedback into consideration, but also through the machine of uh, marketing and, and actually what makes business sense for them. But um, that's good if that really does work that they can collectively say, hey, we want this thing done. Um, so let's move on to the next one here. There's some drama with Troy Baker. I don't know if you followed online and it seems like every week there's NFT stuff. And this week there is also NFT stuff. So, uh, Troy Baker is in some heat after announcing his involvement in at voice first NFT on Twitter. Voice first is a platform for audio based NFTs, including involvement with other voice actors and celebrities. It allows creators to sell the rights to an AI voice generated by them to be sold individually to anyone for whatever use they want. So I have his actual tweet here. Um, just announcing that he was participating in that. I think a lot of the hate he got was how he kind of crafted um, some of the, almost like getting ready for backlash. He says, you can hate or you can create, what'll it be? Um, but do you have any uh, take on on his uh, joining the NFT uh, force? Yeah, I think, I think it's um, very tone deaf and um, perhaps, yeah, I... I... I imagine it's he was probably sold um, an idea, uh, and perhaps he didn't do the research, or maybe he did, and he just doesn't doesn't care. But um, yeah, I think we touched on it last week. It's it's difficult because people are able to you know come out and say things like, "Well, you look, isn't this isn't this a really cool idea? Like being able to do this and do this." And then, but but then if you if you actually think about it, it's opening the door for so much problems and. And issues not just with you know people's um, people's own content and and how that can then be abused and 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 stolen and and shared and and how you know the uh, corporations can benefit uh, massively from it as well and there's and and obviously not to mention the the environmental issues it's going to create as well um, it's um, yeah it, it it's a really just irritating. Um, topic of conversation because it's I think I think a lot of people are focusing on a kind of um parad paradise uh version of NFTs and and how and and the future of this you know like how amazing would it be if we could do all this um and when you kind of look at these um kind of dystopian paradises you kind of tend to forget uh, what this actually means and what what it kind of opens the doors to in a more sort of nefarious way as well um, but yeah, I, I think it's a shame, um, and I think uh, people have every right to be disappointed. And uh, but I think Troy Bakels has every right to enter into partnerships with you know whatever he wants. But to yeah, like you said, the way he's worded it and the way he's advertised it like that is um, just asking for for backlash. And um, yeah, it's it, it, it's it's one of those things. It's difficult to it gets more and more difficult to be annoyed about things like this just because you see it so often. Um, so yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, we'll just have to wait and see how it all uh, plays out. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So um, he did actually, so he has a podcast with uh, Alana Pierce, uh, Mike Bithel, and there's another um, person on their podcast. I forget the name, but it's a play, watch, listen. I, I watch them every once in a while and it's a really uh, great podcast. So they did one right after he released his tweet 
where everyone basically grilled him uh, on his choice. And we're asking these questions that we all wanted to know. It's like, did you look into this? You know, did you expect any backlash? And they were, they're pretty, um, they were fair with their criticism of him. And he was willing to sit there and take it and, and talk about it. I found that really, um, really cool to, to listen to. Uh, and it sounds like he didn't do enough research, which is uh, weird because he's a smart guy. Like, especially if you're putting your name on something, I imagine he doesn't do that lightly, but he was more attracted to the idea behind it, which and would like you mentioned, like the idea, at least in this case is interesting. Uh, he says that with this, with voice first, they're trying to offer this AI generated voice based on a voice actor that you could then buy from, from Troy Baker to using your game or whatever kind of media you're using. So say you can't afford to flat out pay him to perform for you. You can, there's a cheaper option by purchasing this and then you can use it in your game. And that is a cool idea. And then he was trying to empower other creators that are, you know, indie creators trying to come up and use this high caliber voice actor. Um, that's a cool idea in itself. But then when it's tied to the NFT thing, then there's that whole laundry list of issues that come with that. Um, there's also, and he, they also bring this up where it's like, th that means somebody can have you generate whatever they want you to say, like however controversial, or whatever, however crazy it is. And he, his, his, um, comeback to that was like, they can already do that. People can clip YouTube videos together. There are other AI generated, um, programs that people can just throw your voice into it and create it. I've heard plenty of those. Like there's, um, there's some, cause I'm a huge, uh, TikToker lately, like just watching TikTok because my brain is melting. And so there's a lot of them on there with uh, rappers. Like there's some kind of program where you can upload. There's like Eminem's voice, Kendrick Lamar, and they'll have them rap these verses that are, they've never done before. And it sounds pretty good. So there's already that software out there that could be done. And so he's like, yeah, that's people can already make me say whatever they want. So I'm not really worried about that. Um, but it was, it's just a very, I highly recommend listening to it because they do grill him for the same amount of questions that we'd have for him and wondering why. And, and he, you know, responds to it, but he does seem to continue, um, going forward with this. Um, and I, he, he's getting a lot of hate and, uh, at least he's willing to answer questions and talk about it. And, you know, it seems like if he does decide to change gears, it seems like he's willing to do that. But, um, it's just every week there's something like this. And you think that people would understand that it's always going to be more negative than positive, but people are still jumping in. Hey, he must be, um, getting a nice, uh, a nice big paycheck out of it. Then. Yeah. <laughs> That's might be what it comes down to, but yeah, that was just taking over the, the internet. We'll see, you know, how people continue to react and, and how his uh, reputation continues. I'm sure he'll be fine. Like it's, you know, he's Troy Baker and we'll see what happens, but yeah. And, and I, I've seen like, um, I see a lot of people, you know, saying things like, um, oh, but you know, you can already do this. This is, uh, this is, a, this has been around for, for ages and things like, that. you know, like the AI voice thing. And yeah, I think I've seen the, the, the thing you're talking about, but the, the problem is like because those things exist it doesn't then mean that to, to this you know nfts as a whole is becoming massive you know we we don't see games companies themselves advertising the fact that they're going to have uh, ai voice used or you know whatever already exists out there that is comparable to nfts so it's obviously becoming much bigger um so it's accelerating what already exists so to, to kind of sit back and be like, well, look, it already exists. Why does it matter? Why is everyone getting annoyed now? And it's like, but that just because it, just because something already exists that's similar doesn't mean that you shouldn't be against something that's going to now accelerate that thing into like way, way bigger uh, space. You know, someone like Troy Baker, who's probably the biggest voice actor in the world, now partnering with this AI voice thing, 
you know, it's it's like you know, like Tesla, like electric cars existed before Tesla did, but people would would now if you asked you know the general person on the street they would probably think tesla were the first electric cars you know it, right. it it might already exist but this is dangerous in the fact that it's going to bring it into like a huge huge uh, space and make it a lot more popular yeah i know what you mean where the answer to the criticism can't be like well it's already being done like i don't know what you want me to do it's like oh well what about your answer to all the issues that are tied to it it's like well somebody's already doing it it's like okay but uh, it's it's definitely not going away. However, people out there feel about it, it's it's something that will continue forward. And I also think it's almost like now, like the floodgates are open, where a couple of companies and people started coming out, got a lot of negative backlash. But I think because now so many people are jumping in at once, it's for the people who are really negative on it, it's hard for them to kind of keep track of who's doing what. So now it's just like everybody's coming forward, and it's kind of pushing this as the new norm. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, we'll see if it changes life to a positive way as the people that do our proponents think it is or if it's going to you know be the next thing that's also bringing the world down i don't know but um it is happening all right we'll move on to the next one here we got sony is pulling ps now retail cards from uk retailers so this is happening in your, back, in your backyard it's from venturebeat.com gamers in the united kingdom will no longer have the option to buy a subscription to playstation now at uk retailers beginning friday january 21st Retailers in the country will have to pull PS Now cards from their shelves. This is according to messaging that is going out to stores like Game this week. But a recent report out of Bloomberg claims that Sony has plans to merge PS Now into PS Plus. The idea would make everything PS Plus while offering different tiers. The move to end PS Now subscription cards is potentially a step on the path to that eventual merging. Uh, the current rumored date for Sony's Game Pass competitor, which they're referring to, uh, is set to launch in spring 2022. Do you think this is pretty much, uh, you know, confirming that this is the way they're going by pulling these cards out of retailers? I think it's got to be. Um, I mean, I think it's weird that they've done this before announcing <laughs> announcing anything. It's kind of, yeah. um, they're kind of like doing it just like hoping nobody's watching. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, I think it's obvious it was going to gonna happen. I think PlayStation now is definitely, it's a great service, don't get me wrong, but it's never in the conversation anymore. So I think it makes sense to just merge it um uh, and sort of see what they can do there and then have maybe like a tiered system for for playstation plus membership similar to how xbox do it um so yeah we'll, we'll see see how it works and um but yeah it, it's definitely odd to to kind of remove these things before we even know what's going on with it yeah it's strange and i think they're just getting ready for this eventual announcement uh there's also rumors, nothing concrete, but people keep saying online that February might be the next big uh, PlayStation uh, stream announcement. So maybe they could announce it there and then get ready for that spring uh, launch of the service. Um, but the next couple of articles that I have ready all relate to this uh, possible service. But uh, so we have PS5 backwards compatibility for PS3, PS2 and PS1 games teased in patent. This is from PlayStationLifestyle.net. Renowned uh, Sony engineer Mark Cerny has reportedly filed a patent that would seemingly allow the PS5 to play older games via backwards compatibility. Specifically, the patent describes a method to change the clock frequency of a console's hardware. This would allow the newer system to run an application that is meant for an older version of the system by synchronizing the processor's operations, potentially making the PS5 backwards compatible with the PS3, PS2, and original PS1. Um, Cal, if they can nail this and there's other article or stuff that's been happening today that seem to confirm it's happening, um, how do you feel about them finally bringing backwards compatibility, whether it's streaming or uh, digital download or like, actual disk support? 
yeah very exciting um to, to if we can if we can get this um i mean i think i've said before having one of the new gen xboxes fairly recently has made me realize how nice it is to be able to just buy anything really um i mean i can go on and i can buy an xbox an original xbox game a 360 game uh both those generation games also include on game pass so it's uh it's it's very like empowering you know to to be able to choose uh from from that many generations it's definitely my opinion has definitely changed on it i used to you know be of the mind that you know if you want to play a, a ps3 game then then just get a ps3 or or whatever but i think now you know i've kind of realized how that's kind of a pretty stupid take um and it's it's definitely nice especially when you have things like um uh fps boost and things like that to to just enhance the games um it's yeah it's it's great for great for everybody if they can if they can work this out yeah and it is increasingly hard to do that to go that route of oh just buy a playstation one playstation two and the disc as those things become more rare and the actual media becomes more rare it's just super hard to do and um you know that's what i've had that same idea before it's like and i've collected those over time and i still have them if i want to play them but it's so much easier and Xbox has shown that where if you can just download the game or stream it through Game Pass and and their service there it's like it's so much easier and then you're having people buying these these games again which would you know benefit uh, Sony as a company so it's like why not but i get it it's more of a technical issue less likely with the PS1 PS2 but the PS3 has that uh, damn cell chip which makes it hard to put anywhere else besides the PS3 seems like they've understood how to now move those over i don't know how the adjusting the clock speed fixes that but um that is uh the scuttlebutt that's what this patent is referring to but uh, as far as this morning today so i have this tweet from andy robinson and uh, he's from vgc.com saying uh, ps3 game listings have started appearing on the ps5 store so they're up there i don't think you can purchase them yet but it's already starting to move towards supporting ps3 games which is the hardest ones to in the backlog to bring over um, so it might be happening very soon that we can start to play this entire backlog maybe just digital only I don't know, but at least that's something. If it's digital only, because then I won't be regretting uh, getting the digital PS5. Because <laughs> that's how. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm already feeling it with the with the Xbox. You know, not being able to, uh, you know, go out and buy like a 360 game or an Xbox game right. uh, or anything like that. Um, but uh, yeah, so hopefully for me, uh, then at least I won't have to to sort of regret regret not getting the disc version yeah and i think they'd have to support uh, both physical and digital because yeah i mean you have now a skew uh, a type of ps5 that only functions on this uh <clears throat> only functions digital and you have the ps3 games showing up on the ps5 digital store first so it seems like maybe they will only even like support that and not actually having the disc being read on the ps5 maybe that's more of a technical hurdle with the equipment that's in the ps5 not being meant to read these older discs uh, maybe that's the way that they'll actually pull it off. But um, yeah, um, it's exciting because there's some PS3 games that um, I do, you know, think about playing every once in a while. And I think with a lot of people, PS2, PS1 games. So I'm very excited. And it seems like it's all happening very soon. Yeah. And, and I think you'd have to imagine it would work. Um, I mean, I could be you know completely ignorant here, but um, with the PS3 using... And at the time, it was quite revolutionary, the fact it had a Blu-ray drive. Um, so using Blu-ray discs and... Of course, that's been the format that we've all, you know, kind of headed into now, and it's replaced DVDs yeah. and everything pretty much. Um, so hopefully, you know, PS3 
games being on blu-ray discs should make life a bit easier in that respect but i could be completely uh talking out my ass there <laughs> that's what we do here callum yeah <laughs> all right callum cool well, we'll keep watching that we'll get the next one here ps5 shortage has reportedly poor up i'll back up here ps5 shortage has reportedly led sony to make more ps4s than initially planned nailed it it's from ign to deal with the ongoing global playstation 5 shortage Sony has allegedly decided to produce more PlayStation 4s than it had initially planned to help uh, fill the supply vacuum and keep gamers within the PlayStation ecosystem. As reported by Bloomberg, sources say Sony has told assembly partners that it's planning to produce PS4s throughout 2022, despite having plans to discontinue assembly at the end of 2021. This strategy would add roughly 1 million PS4s to help with the fact that it can't produce enough PS5s due to the global chip shortage. Calum, how do you feel about more PS4s out there in the wild? I think, it, you know, considering we've got a year of some big PlayStation titles coming out, like Horizon and God of War, both on PS4, um, you, you'd have to expect that there's people, you know, like we were just saying now, especially with those two games in particular, um, that have maybe played these games for the first time on PC and want to play the sequels. So um, the only way they'd be able to do that if they're predominantly a PC player would to, would be to get a PS4. So um, I imagine that, that that will fill that that gap and then the, the all the other people as well who are just looking to buy or get into the playstation uh, ecosystem for whatever reason at least it gives them uh you know some way to to do that and we've mentioned before the games like horizon and i'm sure god of war look fantastic on ps4 anyway so it's not like these people are really going to be massively missing out um it's kind of like a just a, a means to an end i suppose now we have um this current year that we're in right now is does have that uh, backwards compatibility or support with ps4 games you mentioned god of war and horizon confirmed to do that there's gran turismo um, but going forward after that um insomniac even mentioned that their next spider-man wolverine seems like it's only ps5 um going forward so do you think this extends that uh into like the actual dev um support with these older games going backwards compatibility do you think we're gonna see that extend a bit further or there's there still kind of a cutoff time maybe 2023 where it's kind of only ps5 for these first party studios going forward yeah it definitely gives them a difficult choice to make but um yeah it, i i guess a lot of these games might already be in the pipeline so i guess these 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 uh decisions will be will be getting looked at but um yeah it, it's it's definitely going to make make life difficult but also hopefully they they could have perhaps predicted this as well and and kept their options open yeah it's interesting um the selfish part of me wants you know more exclusive ps5 games just to see the potential hardware stuff they can squeeze out of it but we're seeing horizon look dope and um you know playing spider-man miles morales on ps4 still looks great so um you know the more people they can play the more software sell sold is great um so we'll see how they uh deal with this and i don't know if the chip shortage is any you know coming down becoming any easier anytime soon but it seems at least for this next year and possibly 2023 it's not getting any easier so we'll see how that goes all right come we got the next one here uh psa an early version of horizon forbidden west has leaked beware of spoilers this is from ign last monday a number of images apparently taken from a leaked copy of the ps4 version of horizon forbidden west began making the rounds online and a report from vgc Sources said that, the, that aside from some missing art assets, the leaked version of the build is authentic and contains all of the core content planned for the sequel's final release, meaning that spoilers could soon follow. 
Horizon Forbidden West officially launches on PS4 and PS5 February 18th. Uh, Cam, have you seen any of these spoilers? Are you, uh, you know, seeing some of the stuff online or are you just avoiding it all in general? Um, I, I did see that there were spoilers out. I'm not too worried just because I can't actually remember anything um, True. much about about Horizon um, in terms of the story, but I will be watching a, a recap uh, in preparation for it. Um, so yeah, I'm not too concerned. I, I'm not normally too worried about spoilers. I know we were talking about Expanse earlier and um, you know, I'm, I'm perhaps more worried about that because it's like the final series of, of something. But uh, when it comes to games, I'm not too worried about about spoilers uh, massively. So um, I'm not too too uh, uh, scared, but um, it'd be nice to nice to not see them. Yeah, same. And I, I guess a game with uh, that's like a Horizon where the story wasn't so impactful, where if I saw something ahead of time, you know, I'd be. Uh, it'd be ruined for me, but say like something like The Last of Us 2, that's so story heavy. It's like, I didn't want to see anything. And there were also leaks with that game. Uh, but if I saw something with, you know, Forbidden West, I wouldn't know what point it takes place unless they reveal something absolutely crazy. They go to space or whatever. It's like, it's going to be fine. It's robot dinosaurs. It looks beautiful. Then, you know, I'm fine. I, I think I'll be okay. But I haven't seen anything on Twitter or anything like that. I definitely haven't been seeking it out, but um, I just don't see the also see the point of doing this kind of thing. It's like, why, why do you want to ruin this for people? What, the, what sad individual likes doing this, but it happens with every large game where it seems to leak at least in images, but this is like the full blown uh, footage and gameplay that's, that's online. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why, uh, why people do it either, but I guess maybe for like five seconds of fame or, or something like that. But, right. um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame that people, people didn't. But yeah, I think like you said, not not so much for me that I think Horizon has a weak story or anything. In fact, that was the the main thing I loved about it was the kind of mystery of the world that you're in and and how Aloy doesn't also doesn't know uh, the the world she's in as well. And you kind of figure that out together. And um, and I think now that that's been largely resolved in the game, um, I don't think you know that there is much that can be spoiled to be honest um i imagine that a lot of it's going to be new stuff that we don't even we haven't even been introduced to yet so by seeing a screenshot or a screenshot or by seeing something like that it's probably difficult to 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 know it's a spoiler until we we start playing it anyway yep i'm very excited for this game i'm watching footage i have it posted up uh, right now as we're talking and i kind of can't believe that the game is going to look like this apparently it is but it's just it's just so beautiful and like crazy highly detailed like how does it run at all if not on like a 3090 or something but i'm just super duper excited because this looks amazing and yeah i can't wait good luck to the ps4s out there that are still like the og ps4s that take off into flight good luck to those that are going to be running this game but apparently it still runs on those uh it's just going to be tough but um yeah i cannot wait for this game yeah, just put your ps4 in like a little cubby so it can't uh leave leave your house <laughs> Yeah, just block off all air that could also come in and cool it down. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or sit on it and kind of hover and you feel like you're, you're in the future. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, we got some rumors here. Rumor, Motorstorm director joins Fire Sprite to direct Twisted Metal Reboot. Uh, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. PlayStationLifestyle.net has the article. Motorstorm game director Matt Southern has joined Fire Sprite Games as a game director on an unknown, on an unknown title. However, as Southern has left Lucid Games. Rumors are that he has joined Fire Sprite as game director on the Twisted Metal reboot that was transferred between the, the two studios at the end of last year. 
Southern had been directing, or had been working at Lucid Games since 2019 as a game director on their free-to-play vehicular combat title Destruction All-Stars. The studio had also been reported to have been working on an unannounced first-party flagship AAA IP for the PlayStation 5 that many had claimed was a Twisted Metal reboot, but this was suddenly and unexpectedly transferred to Fire Sprite at the end of the year. Uh, Do you think uh, there's anything here with this possible um, franchise being moved from... um, the uh those uh the directors uh, or the game uh, uh, lucid game sorry do you think it's any drama here being transferred from them to fire sprite is this maybe something that can that that, that happens but how do you feel about um fire sprite taking over possibly this twisted metal reboot yeah it's interesting i think we spoke about it recently and we're, we're kind of um sort of uh umming and ahhing about um about the success of uh what was it called um yeah structural stars and and then moving on to something as big as twisted metal so um i I mean i don't think that necessarily means anything um but yeah it it, it, i guess these things do happen and um hopefully it's in you know a good state and uh or or you know more importantly it's um in in good hands and um it has you know good support and everything but yeah of course this these things happen all the time um and uh, yeah, just hopefully it's yeah. I'm sure we'll see it at some point. It's 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 too big of a game to to just get rid of if if you know things don't go well. If there's any you know stumbling or stumbling blocks or hurdles or anything, so I'm sure we'll we'll see it. And you know, Motorstorm's a great game, um, great game series. That especially in in you know the early PS3 days, so to to have that influence is 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 a good thing as well. And I would love to see Motorstorm come back. I mean, that was a really cool series, really, really beautiful, a great way to show off the power of the PS3. And it kind of, it just hasn't been around since then. Um, so it'd be really cool to see that property come back. Um, but having those same people involved with Motorstorm working on Twisted Metal, I think they could kill it as well with just the destruction that happens in that game. Uh, it's more linear. You're right. You're racing. And I, Twisted Metal is more of like an open landscape that you're moving around and then shooting each other. I think Fire, um, Fire Sprite could have. No, I'm thinking of Lucid. Lucid could have done a good job, too. Like Destruction All-Stars wasn't for me, but you could see the bare bones of Twisted Metal that could have possibly branched off from that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if it's better or worse now in this uh, these new hands, but it seems like at least Sony cares enough to keep this thing alive and move it to the best uh, uh, group to to tackle it. All right, come. We got the next one here. Final Fantasy 14 sales to resume January 25th. It's from TheVerge.com. Last night, game director Naoki Yoshida wrote on the Final Fantasy 14 website that Square Enix will resume digital sales of the popular MMO on January 25th. Final Fantasy 14 grew so popular with the launch of its latest expansion, Endwalker, that the queues to log into game servers were thousands of people long and took hours to get through. Servers were so congested that in December, Square Enix suspended the sale of digital versions of the game. Yoshida also announced expanding an existing servers or existing servers, as well as new data center for Aussie and New Zealand players who previously had signed on to uh, Japan servers and is waiving the $18 fee for users transferring to a new server. Uh, Cam, this is a big deal. We I think it was over the break that they stopped sales because it was all you know pretty much so successful that it stopped sales of this game because the servers were so congested. Now there is a light at the end of the tunnel and they're going to get uh, new players back in. But how do you feel about? the success of this and do you have you know interest playing uh final fantasy 14 
Yeah, it's um, yeah. I think firstly, it's a it's a nice problem to have, isn't it? Your game's so popular that you have to stop people from <laughs> from buying right. it. Um, but yeah, I, I've dipped into it before. Obviously, you know, I'm a big Final Fantasy fan, and I think a Final Fantasy MMO is pretty cool because there's lots of room for it to reference things across a series that's otherwise unrelated in each in each entry. Um, but it's just, yeah, I think MMOs are difficult for me to just get on with. Um, I think out of all MMOs I've tried, Final Fantasy XIV definitely seems to be the the best one by quite a uh, quite a measurable distance. Um, and I think that yeah, its popularity shows that. I think the way people talk about it in such high regard is also proof of that too. Um, but yeah, it's just I just don't think the genre is for me. I just don't think I have the time to put into it, um, especially when you look at all the games that, you know, all the other games in my backlog that, that I want to play. Um, but yeah, it, it's a shame because I've heard such brilliant things, um, but I know that a lot of the brilliant things come slightly later on in the game as well, in the, the kind of later expansions, and I just don't have the time to to, to, to get that far, I don't think. But yeah i i it's it's great to you know it's always great to see it doing well obviously because of it how it started off and to, you know to go from a game that was pretty much destroyed because of how you know badly it was received to becoming so popular that they had to stop people buying it i think it's quite an incredible story yeah it's nuts um and yeah good on them and they're working on servers and expanding that and some good news for those final fantasy nerds out there so we got the next one here, Callum. Xbox boss Phil Spencer wants your band players list to follow you everywhere. This is from PCGamer.com. Xbox boss Phil Spencer recently spoke to the New York Times about the state of the industry, and a big topic was harassment. Spencer made it clear that Xbox doesn't see itself as a free speech platform and understandably detailed the current processes and how Xbox accounts allow Microsoft to be pretty comprehensive when it chooses to wield the band hammer. This outlines Microsoft's current attack against online abuse within their platform, but Spencer goes on to imagine a future with cross-platform bans. It says, quote, something I would love us to be able to do, Spencer says, this is a hard one as an industry, is when somebody gets banned on one of our networks, is there a way for us to ban them across other networks? Uh, Callum, uh, we talk about trolls all the time. How do you feel about these companies unifying to create some kind of cross-platform ban when someone is being a, an a-hole online? I think it's um I think it's great. I think um for me personally I think a lot of people get a bit too hung up on the the, the whole people can say whatever they want thing. People don't go to play games to to get abused. I don't think it should be seen as a platform for free speech. I don't think that's um that that should ever be be the ca the case for for these kinds of things. You know, they're they're first and foremost there to play games, not to express your opinion. So um if you know if you want to express your opinions and and free speech that's what the internet is there for you know that there are platforms to do that um so yeah i i think it's a good idea to try and tell you know these kinds of people from the games we play and uh yeah i think the the harsher the the better yeah it's interesting where i think um at face value the idea of saying it's kind of a maybe controversial statement, but Phil Spencer saying that they don't see themselves Xbox as a free speech platform might bring people up at arms because, okay, you're going to limit what people can say or control what they can say, but they are a private company. We have that argument online all the time with like Twitter, Facebook, when it, it always comes down to when you're, when you're hateful. I mean, you can say whatever you want on there, but when it becomes a uh, hate speech or you're targeting someone or attacking someone, then it's like, there's just no place for that. 
and they have this ability to control what's going on, maybe that opens the floodgates to other stuff that they can control the conversation. But I, I don't think that's going to happen or what's happening. It seems to be targeted for hate speech and people that are just being um, a-holes, you know, on on um, on these platforms and in chat rooms. And I, I support that. And they have that ability to do that. And you may, you're, you're correct where it's like you can go elsewhere if you want to be crazy and say whatever you want to say. But there's also with that free speech that everybody wants, there's repercussions to that. So if you want to have this platform where you can say what you want on there, but the repercussions are you're going to get banned for crossing those guidelines. So it's like there should be, as in the real life, there should be these repercussions for saying whatever you want to say. So I, I agree with that. And it uh, makes people feel more safe and, you know, accepted online and, and being in these chat rooms and being um, a part of this community. It's like that's a, a no brainer. And I would support that for sure. Yeah, I, I think as well, um, I, it's obviously a very complicated um, topic, um, especially when you look at things like Twitter, which is literally there. It's like a micro blog to, to say what you're thinking. Um, so I think when you get to, to that, I know that obviously if it's a private company, it's different, but it's still, you know, it's difficult to, because then you have to get into the weeds of, well, what, you know, what is hate speech? What is this? What, you know, what is right? What is wrong? And all this kind of thing. And that's where it gets a bit muddy and difficult to, to kind of defend and, and everything um but on a games console what why should anybody ever express a hateful opinion ever on a games console you're there to play games if you're playing a multiplayer game on microphone then you're there to talk with your teammates and to try and play the game there's just no i don't know why it should be ever you know a free speech platform um it just doesn't make sense it's not it's not a place for expressing opinions it's a place for playing games um so yeah it's uh it makes complete sense to me i think he's correct in in coming out and saying that and i think it's a brave thing to say because i know that a lot of people as soon as just the words free speech just said people just come out in arms um about being like oppressed and all this rubbish um and but yeah i think it's pretty like obvious that a games console isn't a free speech platform why would it be it's not a platform of speech at all anyway it's a place to play games and sometimes you play those games with other people but at the end of the day you're still playing a game with that person you're not having a debate you're not expressing your views to the world through those games um so yeah i think it makes uh, yeah complete sense and i would like to see if this is implemented uh hopefully it's enough to scare people that want to come at this from a you know an attacking kind of way where they because i've seen plenty of like stills and then just people post about how they'll end a game and it's always you know like call of duty or halo or something and someone decides to follow them and send them a private message saying you know criticizing them how they played or attacking them but like taking time out of their day to do that to attack this person it's like there's got to be repercussions for that and hopefully this would scare people enough to like not do that to not be a-holes it's like if you want to have this this courtyard where we can all play the same game that's cool but if you start punching kids it's like you got to go it's like that's a fair thing to to ask that's like the bare minimum it's like the people can't follow that rule okay and if, if you can see the the level of what you're risking is so big that would hopefully stop you from being an idiot on there yeah it's just i mean everyone's just a, just are basically grown babies i mean yeah. it's, it's like when you see like a little kid playing with a toy and they're like being you know they might be hitting somebody over a sword or something like a toy sword or something and you take the sword off them and then they kick up a fuss and it's like right. 
And it's just the same thing. It's just it's exactly the same thing. Like people have the same baby brains. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate that they never get to kind of grow out of that. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying. And that's the Internet in general. And it's also tied to anonymity where you can kind of hide behind you know, a, a weird thumbnail or people just don't know who you are. They're not saying it to your face. So they feel like they can just get away with it and say whatever they want. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that there's something like this would scare people away enough to not do it. I'm sure they'll find that's one thing. It's like they're super intuitive, although they're really dumb at the same time. But these trolls are super intuitive to find the next thing to go and follow you and, and hate you on that. So it's just always going to be this cat and mouse chase that goes on. But hopefully this is enough to scare people from doing that. Well, Calum, uh, we got it uh, end of the show here for the news stories. Um, we can end it there. Where can they find you online? I'm on the free speech platform that, it, <laughs> that it's yeah. uh, Twitter uh, at Bear Monroe. Awesome. You keep up with the show as well on Twitter at Pod. That's it for us this week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. I've already summoned meteors. Yeah. Okay, let's go.